0: Welcome to The Last Supper, your weekly podcast about art in Asia. I'm your host, Oskar Wenhuis. Every weekend, I sit down and release an episode bringing new perspectives and engaging dialogues with emerging and established artists, galleries, curators, and collectors in Asia. Learn more about art in Asia with Christie's Education in Person and virtual art courses, gallery visits, and webinars. Visit Christie's Education website and enter all in capital letters LastSupper15 to enjoy a 15% discount. The website link and discount code for Christie's Education can also be found in the description of this podcast. In today's episode, I sat down with Cambodian-based artist Sve Saret. We began our conversation talking about how the Blue Arts Centre provides free art education to children to become independent and find their own way, the impact of imagination. Saret spoke passionately about his mission to preserve Cambodians' artisanship and history for the next generation, and his performance work Eats Robert Sandals. We also talked about Sarek's experience of walking for 250 kilometers with a metal ball from Siem Reap to Phuong Peng, and the amazing story how this work did not fit in the Singaporean Art Museum, a UNESCO-protected building. Hi Sarek, it's a real honor to have you on today's podcast. How are you today?
1: Hi, Oscar. I'm good. Thank you. And I hope you too.
0: Yes, I'm really well too. And I'm really looking forward to today's episodes. I understand you just came back from a short break. Where are you calling from?
1: I'm calling from Siem Reap, Cambodia. Today is very good, but uh, I'm not sure because sometimes it's rainy season. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Before we delve into your work, do you mind to give a short introduction about yourself?
1: Uh Saret is an artist who's uh, living and working in Siebri. and actually I'm uh, not working very much on my project artwork, but I working on many different uh, projects I kind of you know create something different from the artwork because I think it more urgent for my country and more urgent for my society. Uh, I have been uh, quit my studios in two or three years. During COVID nineteen, I have created something different from the artwork. But I still I will come back uh, again for the artwork. But I produce something I can call it an artwork too. But it looks different. But it's uh, more useful for the people and society.
0: Thanks, Robert. That's a great introduction. But what you just said really intrigues me. What can you say about the project that you've been working on since the COVID pandemic?
1: I create a blue art center. I create an art center that they have a project of an art school. It already activated to welcome students in one years ago. And also in the project of Blue Art Center, we have internal artists in residency. I have already welcomed an artist from Malaysia to stay here for three months for their research. Last week I was welcomed an artist from New York with her husband, who is an artist too, to stay and teaching art to the children. And also, I have a team who uh, make craft, art and design project to maintain our pro- uh, the other project. This is the main work that I developed for my with my team to develop art and craft My in terms of technique and culture. And then we can uh, make our own income and to uh, develop a school, open artist international residency. And also I have Roundtable every month for talking about art and culture. They collaborated with the local press, New. We invite different categories of people around Cambodia and also overseas sometimes. They speak about art tradition, about architecture, modern architecture, traditional architecture, or different subjects, but we focus on art and culture. This panel is happens every month.
0: If you don't mind, I would like to talk more about your motivations and what drives you to set up the Blue Arts Center or the art school and mm. other cultural activities in Cambodia. Can you speak more about this?
1: I think uh, Cambodia has their own uh, history that completely different with the other country. Like Cambodia itself, like a human, all human they have their different story, different country, uh, have different story too. My country was uh, destroyed by war, especially uh, during Khmerus. The Kmerus killed all the intellectual people and almost killed our art and culture, the identity. So I, myself, I was a refugee. So in the camp, art cured my thinking, cured my mind. And also I spent a lot of time to make art. And each time when I make art, I found art have a kind of a magic freedom that never limit myself to allow my imagination to create something. So I found it very fantastic. You know, a white paper is like a a universe that myself become like a God that I can give life. I can create something on this white universe. So this is the power of art of imagination become true. So after learning with this and understand about the power of creation, I think my country need to rebuild strongly developed and educated their people their children to understand uh, to take it as a mission actually me i can tell you that becoming an artist is not a profession it is a responsible of art and culture so now i up to a different kind of uh, point of view that i put myself in the situation of uh, responsibility So to be free for develop of the idea that I have, I need to create a group of craftsmen. We can working on some project art and design and craft design for our client to make the profit and earn some money to develop the uh, the other project that we cannot have profit. This is a kind of auto financial for Blue Art Center that I don't want to ask money. I want to stop to ask money from the other people, the other country to create my culture, to create my art. It's not possible. Now, it's not sake of NGO. After the war, a lot of NGO create in in Cambodia. But we cannot continue to do this. It's destroy deeply in the mentality of the young generation, become a beggar of money, beggar of imagination. For me, I just want to take myself out of that and reveal something from ourselves and stand up face to the world and tell them who we are this 21st century and what we can share to the people and what we learn to give back to the society and what we can give back to the world too.
0: What I hear is that you have a vision to develop an independent entity and activities to promote and foster local art and culture in Cambodia.
1: Yeah, yes, this is very important. You cannot have imagination. Uh, you know, money is a tool that you can realize your dream. Example, if you want to share food to the people, you need to buy rice and cook and make food to the people, or you go going to buy food to share them to the people. I just try to create a mechanical system, economic mechanical system that can help blue art uh, stand up and for the sustainable development until they can reach their goals. You, you know, actually, in the in uh, start from COVID-19 until today, we are not hitting. We still have projects and still all activities still develop, still keep moving forward. So I think this is, uh, I, myself, actually, I cannot sitting in my studio to produce my own work, but I transfer my knowledge, my philosophy to the next generation and hope, those people can find their own way and understanding their own history. And they will explain to the world what we are thinking about today. But we need to maintain craft too, because Khmer country, Khmer people, we have very strong identity of art from the past that actually I call craft, because it's not become personal when you reproduce a Buddha statue or abstract statue. It's not, you know, you just uh, interpret. The, the thing already existed so that's why I call it craft so this link past, present and future it is the time that we need to understand and keep develop it and find a way how to maintain and develop it to the future. If you understand about the Khmeru, they kill all the painter or dancer or singer all kind of Khmer intellectual it's not engineer, it's not only engineer it's not only exchange or teacher all, everything. So we have a big hole, Can we have a big hole from the world, the hole after the war and a link to the past. I just want to build a very small, a tiny link that I call a bridge Blue Arts like a bridge, but very small bridge, tiny bridge That maybe uh, the children or young people can hang it to try to cross to the other side of the world. To see what it means contemporary art, what we are doing today, and what the art after today will be. You know, this is very important. This is my mission. And I speak to the people coming to visit Blue Art too. I say that now it's become urgent that Cambodian young people need art education, need understand about art. It is very important.
0: When you talk about your art school that you began together with your wife, Maline, can you talk more about what is being taught at the Blue Arts Centre?
1: The school, I accept only young children from 8 years old to 15 years old because they still have more flexibility of thinking. They're not really fixing on their brain arrangement. So this, we still have more change about maybe, perhaps, yeah, why not, you know, in their thinking. So it's like clay that you can discuss and exchange with them to make something from that clay. The clay, when you're not yet dry under the sun, it's still flexible. So I have only young children. They start come to have the basic training like drawing uh, model, drawing pencil, pastel, acrylic, or uh, stem, sculpture, wood, or basic training about Khmer art, uh, I need to give them a foundation. I'm not teaching contemporary art, uh, very artificial, contemporary art is not Khmer culture, but they when after they learn about Khmer culture as a, a basic foundation, and one day I hope they will connect this and develop to be a contemporary art one day. I don't want to oppose them, bring European art, American art, and to do, ah, this is contemporary art. It doesn't make sense for me. I can choose this way and very shortcut for them. Okay. I'm artist contemporary, but uh, you can draw head, your face. You can draw your face. Uh, yeah. My face is like, blah, blah, blah. it's contemporary art. You see my face. Okay. Yeah. I don't want that, you know. I just want to understand, they need to know how to make sculpture, they need to know how to make drawing, pencil, everything, and then grow up. And also we will teach them about art history and also universal art history. Show them the reference of artists, uh, universal artists, you know, famous artists, uh, period of art. They need to step by step. And one day when they understand about, they have all the ingredients, you know, for me, the technical, as Ukrainian. And one day if they decide themselves, I want to be a chef. Okay, cook, cook your food, make your own food. And this food will come out from themselves and they, the people can taste, the audience can taste and the world can taste. It is called Khmer, will be called Khmer food of 21st century.
0: You talked about Khmer culture. My knowledge is very limited about this, and one of the reasons I do this podcast is to learn more about other cultures. So, do you mind explaining how would you describe Khmer culture or what the foundations of this are?
1: Oh, uh, Khmer have a long history, very old nation. That we have our all our history was uh, engraving on the wall of the temple. We have our own style. Of art, we have our own books, own texts, own language. We have our own way of thinking. We uh, look into the uh, other people. Some people they have their own language, but if you see the writing. Similar to this country, to this, to that, and we have our own culture. This is what I call its own, and we have our sculpture our history, our king, our this, our that, so many things. You have more than four thousand temples around city from the sixth century to thirteenth century and sixteen. Uh, yeah, thirteenth uh, century. That we can inspire. We can always find our trust who we are, where we come from, what we are living in the past. This is we need to make our children understanding. My training to the people is different. When I train the craftsmen, I train to be a good craftsman. We are the best craftsmen in the country for stone carving, for wood carving, for gold leaf, for brown casting, for many things of our craft. But I train completely. For the craftsmen, I train the technical. I train them with technical, our technical expert. But for art school, I train them differently. I guide them differently. I can train craftsmen, six months, they will know how to make sculpture, no problem. Stone sculpture, wood sculpture, or using tool or machine. But for the school, I let them to find themselves. I give them the time. The way you give the time to the people to find their own world, it is very important because they will be original, they will follow their own thinking, their own expression, language in art, visual art language, I mean. I'm not train them like craftsmen, we have completely two things different, 360 degree, you know.
0: My belief is that a good artist also needs to master its craft, be a good artisan or at least understand the medium and materials well, while also being a critical thinker. Are the synergies between the crafts and the art school that you both founded?
1: They are different area, different group of people. The students, they come to learn art. They're not working in our craftsman team. craftsman team is a professional team. We have a project and I have my designer team, my architecture, my engineer. We design and then my we design what our client needs. And then we realize the dream for our client, the dream of shape, the dream of aesthetic, the dream of a function, that this is my client need. So the craftsmen with my engineer, with my architect uh, team, with my designer, we do it together, to need to make it happen. But the school, they are free. Even they're free to come anytime. If they're busy at school, they can come any day, anytime. But now I can start only Saturday because they are free from public school. Only a day per week. So yes, they have Ling, but link of history, link of culture, but not physically
0: linked. During the Khmer Rouge regime, many craftspeople and artisans disappeared. You mentioned that earlier. Can you speak more about how the Cambodian craft survived and your initiative to develop and train new artisans?
1: I can give you an example. After Khmer Rouge, uh, we call civil war in Cambodia, we still running under the bomb. Cambodia still fighting between themselves. So we have many refugee camps at the Thai border that still have the resistance with the Cambodia inside Cambodia. And during that time, we don't know who is teacher, who is a sculptor, who is this, who did that. They still some small knowledge, small practice with themselves. But each time after the bomb we stop. Somewhere, and the old people call, Oh, now we don't have a bomb anymore. So, if you have children, you can send your children to under this tree, to under this tree, and we will catch them. So, some old people they know that they come out and go to meeting at the tree, and with the, you know, the piece of cardboard hanging on the tree, and the children sit around the tree and use the finger for writing. This is the way we found who is who. And then step by step, by the time we develop it, we try to go back to our history to find out to about the tradition, technical tradition, about this, about that. It's like a, a collage, you know, assemblage. So this is the way we find the people. This is the way that Cambodia rebuild rebuild their culture after the war. And a lot of uh, critical pressure from many uh, points of view, Cambodia very dirty, or Cambodia very poor, or Cambodia very not intelligent, or Cambodia very this, very that. We're living in a such difficulty, pressure, critical pressure too. So, so that's why I think art, in art I can found everything. I can find aesthetic, I can find the taste, I can find many things that we can bring ourselves out of this kind of of a negative, critical point of view.
0: I have a small favor to ask that will make a big impact. The Last Supper is offered to you at zero cost. And if you like this show about art in Asia, give this podcast a star rating or subscribe to this podcast channel. Many thanks and let's continue. What I know from your wife, Malin, who I also interviewed for this podcast, is that you built your own house as well, which is a really <laughs> remarkable undertaking. It's really amazing that you both have a vision and are able to realize it too. What more can you say about this journey?
1: I think I just uh, feel free. This house in my background, it's from Malin's imagination. I was able build another house bigger than this. You know, when I meet Malin, meet her and i asked her melin what you want to do if we will be together one day melin said that i want to become an artist and have two children and i want to have my small garden at home and my own studio and said let's go so we will do that together that time she was 19 years old and i was uh, like 26 or something and when i say uh, let's go you know my salary is 30 dollars per month (laughs) <laughs> and then we get from nothing I just believe that everything from nothing even us we are from the molecule neutron it's smaller than atom so if you believe on your thinking and believe you believe on honesty and you believe on the positive thing about sharing I think everything it's like possible our dream so after I build the house, it's bigger than that, we find, oh, it's too big for us. So we need to transform it to be a school one day. So after one day, we decide to transform our first house, uh, second house, the school is our second house. My first house is smaller than, this one is third, the third one. And we follow our dream. And one day, Melin said that, okay, I want to try to build my own house. This is my time. So I, I let her to realize. So now the house, when we build a house, we say that, oh, we're missing a studio for welcome our friend artist. Oh, okay, we build a studio. <laughs> so now the house is have a six room, two kitchen, and one art studio for Malin. And now we keep imagination that we need to build a museum. Why not? But we don't have anything, but I love to start from nothing, you know? <laughs> I think I have imagination. That's enough, it's enough. It our tool.
0: Not only do you have the imagination, but also the commitment and the perseverance to do it. It's really very remarkable because many people talk about what they want to do, but very few people act on it.
1: Uh, we do the thing that we speak, we speaking. We do the thing that we sing. It is very important because we are living it it our int, in in uh, imagination in permanent. It is connected to our reality. When the things come out from our imagination, I feel like, oh, it's possible this way. Oh, it's possible. And along our way, we help people too. We are sharing. You know, this is not my first art school that I created. In 1993, after the war, I created Fabulous Alba in Battambang with my friend. This is the first art school, and this is my second art school. So I doing like this, and I'm happy with that. So I just, uh, you know, skip two year from my art studio, my own creativity, and to make the creativity for the public. And now I have around 100 people living with my project. I make people living, you know, around 100 people.
0: With so many multiple projects and initiatives under your wings, you must have a lot of responsibilities.
1: I have a lot but I not feel I am not feel like a heavy weight I enjoy with it you know I keep in my team uh, we are really uh, relax and we not uh, the rule is the the, the, the responsibility responsibility but the responsibility in our uh, in our team it's not visible <music>
0: Let's talk more about your other projects as well. One that really stood out for me was the work titled "Eat Rubber Sandals," a work that is a symbolic reference to the corruption within the Communist Party in Cambodia.
1: The eating rubber sandals, you know, in rubber sandals uh, itself. If you're uh, speaking about the wall culture, it has seventeen rubber sandals with the. Uh, uh, wooden told that people carrying something, you know, in Asia, we use it, I don't know what it's called, like a stick of bamboo, you know, that we carrying noodle or poor people need to carry some, uh, something. And during the war, my mum carrying all their stuff with this uh, running under the bomb and also a million of khmer uh, people used this to carry in the the so even uh, the Rouge uh, forced them to work hard at the countryside to digging the big lake or you know working very hard at the countryside this is kind of a weight of uh, you know it's kind of weight on Cambodian shoulder and it hanging the sandals, 17 sandals because in Cambodian culture we have uh, 17 different words just about it the word for the monk, the word for the king, the word for the rich people, the word for this, the word for that, the word and all word for animal. So how much complicated we are in our own one society, you know, in Greece we say it it for everyone, you know, I'm not say that they are better, but the less complicated, I mean. <laughs> And to eating uh, uh, the sandal, you know, because sandal have smell, special smell that uh, very, it is unsupportable. Very strong, and very elastic, you know. what it means very it is. And I just uh, from my childhood, I like uh, Charlie Chaplin movies. Charlie Chaplin movies. Charlie Chaplin movies. They convert the dramatic story of the war to make people laugh. By seeing the terrible situation of people, poor people or rich people fighting, but we laugh. We laughed in front of us when we saw the war scene. you know, like uh, Charlie Cha- Chaplin played the role as detector or Charlie Chaplin go to mine uh, to find the mine, uh, gold mine. Uh, that the moment that Charlie Chaplin don't have food, he cook his own food, you know, <laughs> cutting and eating, you know, and it looks like but the, the sand is very dramatic, very poor, very but he very strong to make us laugh for his movie and laugh in front of our reality that's amazing how he can convert our imagination our thinking in the real time and in our reaction very strong that i get a lot of influence about, about that so when you're seeing me eating this in reality you will say oh you don't have food you don't have this you don't have that but i just but different way, other way, I would like to try to test that sandal that Vietnamese, Vietcong Viet used to make a revolution. And the Rouge used it to use as an army uniform for their revolution. For And also the Rouge army wearing it. You know, sometimes they, they're hitting people with this sandal because they're wearing it. They're killing people, they're pushing, hitting people, pushing to the when they kill people, they use their food to this. And also, even their footprint on the scene, if we're walking after, we just saw this uh, central footprint, we scare a footprint, tiger footprint, you know, make uh, people dramatic in their mind. When they read this, when they saw this, it's very terrible. Even uniform of the camels, And myself, I find it, I'm human, try to cut it with my teeth and try to smell it, how it is resistant. No, it's not resistant anymore. I cut it, I cut this signal with my teeth easily, you know. <laughs> it's fine, that's okay. I just want to eat it. I just convert it like hamburger, you know, like the hamburger of Andy Warhol and eat it. Uh, but I need to make sure that I cannot, you know, what it, uh, avoid it in my stomach because I know that it's terrible for my stomach. So to be smart and not eating it, just try to catch it by your own force, by your natural tool. The teeth is the natural uh, different uh, object.
0: Another iconic work was Mont It's a French title for work that you created in 2011. What can you say about the durational performance in which you dragged and carried a huge metal ball for five days over 250 kilometers from Simrip to Phnom Penh.
1: Yes, Mongbule is uh, the work question of myself. It is the time that I need to, for my reflection time, that I need to ask myself who I want to be for the future. This, uh, the Mongbule work is um, uh, made in 2011, at the time, I just come back from my study in France. When I fly to Europe, I, I can feeling it is very different uh, temperature from <laughs> Cambodia. You know, there is cold. They have many seasons, you know, <laughs> here you have only two seasons, <laughs> raining and hot, you know, <laughs> very brutal. So I feel like I may a question, do I need to reinstall my life definitively in Cambodia? or one day I need to go back to become a friend, a refugee and friend again, and find my own way to live. And then I just thinking about the history of my country, and I sing a lot. So to make sure that my decision is right or wrong, I choose one way. I need to hurt myself, like sacrifice to the God or sacrifice to someone else that bigger powerful than myself to understand my reflection and need to give me a reason, uh, need to give me an answer that what way I need to go. So the bullet has a ball chain that they use it to uh, with the chain, you know, to use for the prisoner uh, in the past in the United States or in Europe uh, until the uh, 16th or 18th century, and they stopped to use this. Uh, when the prisoners have this ball chain, they cannot uh, run away. So the history of my country and the history of myself, inside myself, is like a ball chain. But when I saw the real ball chain design, I think it's not the size of my ball chain. So I create a big ball chain. <laughs> I think it's bigger than that, but I cannot, you know, pushing, like I cannot pull in the world, you know, (laughs) and the limit of the workshop, the limit of material too. So I just create something like two meters square. It is the size of the, what we call when we put the date in the box, what is the box called? Yeah, the coffin. You know, coffin uh, dimension always one meter, 90 something or two meter, that's it. But I use to matter as a square, be born and we die in this dimension. Even you're rich, you're poor, you're it or you're stupid, or you're <laughs> prisoner, or you any anything, or you're king, or your dictator, or <laughs> we will you have right to have only one place, one dimension is to matter. So I try to moving this from Phnom Penh, uh, from rip to Phnom Penh. Because it's a starting point, we always think that uh, Simrip is the old city of Khmer culture. So I'm moving to, K- to Phnom Penh. It's modernized culture. It was there and also the future was there. Try to move pulling it. The ball weight is 80 kilograms around. And I have a bag behind me around all the food, all everything. It's around 50 kilograms again. So in total, more than 100 kilograms, I'm pulling it. And during pulling, I would like to understand how I accept the question of the people, how people react to me, because they have become my real audience. This performing is a time real, and myself, I use myself like my body like a brush that I paint on the empty space on the landscape, but it's invisible that I'm not using ink, you know, ink is my, you know, when you're hot. (laughs) And I use my Boilai scanner that they they can scan the the story from the past because I cross the village, one village, two village. And during this performing, some people asking me that, why you don't put it in the taxi? It's very cheap. It's $30. Why you do it like stupid people? And some people come and they write some word. They write the word on the ball like, I don't like corruption. I don't like this. I don't like that. I want to be a doctor. But my father always asked me to take care of my buffalo or take care of my pig at house. <laughs> some children come and they just put their finger on the ball and print their, their finger and say that this is my finger. I want to be a lawyer. But I look at those poor people at the countryside. They still mention their life the responsibility for the society, but they cannot find a way to realize their dream. They face to the society problem. They face to their limit access. They face to limit access. And when I say limit access, it's not they don't have right to go to school. I mean about the possibility. Mm-hmm. When I speak the, about the possibility, it means uh, material. When I speak about material, concerning about the money and the lifestyle of the people at the countryside and their profit, their salary or their, you know, uh, everything. So I'm moving like this and uh, meeting different people. Some people stop and asking me who give me some food, something like, when they give me food at the countryside, the food very dirty, you know, there are a lot of fly I come and with a big heart and give me like this. And sometimes myself, I make a lot of questions, you know, And but they eat it. That time I reflect, I think I say that. That is the nature of my society, and who we are today, and who I need to help, and who I need to live with and living for. So that's why after this performing, uh, this performing, my idea was clear that I will be living in Cambodia and continue to do my realize my dream and sharing art and culture to my next generation as a responsibility.
0: So you walked for five days with this massive metal ball that was about 100 kilograms, including your own backpack. What was the response from people on the street? And where did you rest? Because this huge metal ball isn't something you can check into a hotel.
1: Five, nine, six days. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not decided to leave to the hotel. I bring a tent, a blue tent, like a tent that the UNHCR contributes to the refugee. I just want to traveling to my past life, to my life in the past as a refugee and defend for this situation, defend in the reality, defend in the prison and defend for the past. I bring my experience from the past as a refugee and each time when we're running under the bomb, we always have a blue tent. And we stop when the bomb stops and we make tent and living with a few food that I bring with me. I'm not buying the food along the way. Malin prepare dry fish for me, prepare some, uh, prepare everything. That's why I have a big bag, very heavy. And, uh, you know, the ball is 80 kg around and the bag around 50 kg more. So include all this weight, the tan and a small thing. Again, it's uh, more than 100 kg. I'm not go to a hotel. I decide to stop when my body cannot support to move anymore. Like during the war. You cannot decide where you need to stop. You just go far from the bomb. And when you are far from the bomb, you say, oh, we are safe and we stop a moment. And when the bomb arrives, we moving, continue to move. And I do the same thing.
0: When you walked for five days across Cambodia, you met many people and you spoke about some of the stories. What did you learn yourself from doing this endurance performance?
1: I learned from that, that... uh, them, they are fighting They accept the reality of their life, but they have big heart. I learn about even the poor, they're difficult, they're sharing. Some children, they have very small things eating and they offer to me. Sometimes they have a cell and paper. They say to me, you want some cell and paper? Some people sharing me an egg cooked rice bowl, some vegetable. Some people give me their number phone. They say that along the way, if you have problem, you call me and they can be there and help you. I don't know who are they, but I feel like all those people, they are not artists. They are not intellectual. They are not uh, have a high education, but what they have, they have big heart of sharing. So I need to maintain this for my culture. I need to develop this. I need to show the people that we are not stupid, that we are not egoist, that we are not selfish. We are women. We keep moving this way. I just guide them. I just put them in personality or give them a tool to, you know, to polish their stone to become diamond, to price. That's it. So this is the way I learned from them. And I learned from myself too, that I, I decide if I left, I will be sigh. I will say, oh, they face to this and you, you're not face to this. You know, they have nothing but they can say. It. But I think I have many things more than them, but why I cannot say. It. That's very important.
0: If I'm not mistaken, the metal ball is now in the Singapore art museum, right?
1: Yeah, after putting under the mango tree for, for a few months, I think. Or, oh yeah, a few months. Uh, Malin said that, why you create the ball and, putting, uh, and put it behind uh, behind our house? That time we rent the house, you know, we have a small house, we rent a small house. And you know, mango tree, I put the ball under mango tree. You know what mango means in Cambodia? called swai. And my family name is swai. <laughs>
0: That really is a great coincidence. But how did your work ended up in the Singapore Art Museum?
1: No, they they approached they one time they asked me uh, that they would like to collect uh, one of my artwork for museum. For well, one time they interested about uh, the charming of sea of the Meal. but uh, this work is uh, too big for the space. And they, after that they learn about my and they yeah they provide to buy it for the collection of museum. But have one story happen but that I will I can share with you. You know the bullet. When they collect the bullet, after contract sign and they ship until Singapore to the museum, the day they need to bring the ball into the museum. It's not fit to the door. The ball's bigger. <laughs> the door. <laughs> and the museum is under UNESCO. <laughs> And they try many different window and cannot access to. <laughs> and then they write letter for me, the museum write letter for me that they can demo the, the ball. They ask me all the technical process, what I use, what tool I use, I give them all. And finally, they don't want to do it. They keep all the tasks all, they not clean anything. And they, they decide to write letter to the UNESCO. Cutting a window to pulling the ball inside and rebuild the window as it is again. And UNESCO authorized. Now the ball cannot get out anymore. So that's why when they organize, they want to organize the exhibition with the ball, but only with the whole and the image of the ball. (laughs) The ball is safe now in the museum compared to the other artwork. they cannot move it out. <laughs> they authorized one time from UNESCO for cutting the window and now it's dead, yeah.
0: The last project I'd like to talk about is the churning of the sea of milk that you created in 2013, which is a large installation that's also at the Singapore Art Museum. What can you say about this installation you created?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. It is a metaphor from the tradition. But this is uh, what I, I saw about the mentality of our thinking. It's still, it's still fixing uh, the, the way that they, they think, the way that they're fighting for. It's a uh, power about power. Uh, about power that they believe that will be immortal. Uh, the power that they believe that when they, f- they win, they get the power and this power will, de- will be immortal. Never die, I mean, but it's wrong. You understand what I mean? I just want to, want to show that this is a big problem of our society, that they really fix think the thinking was like formatic and fix. When they have possibility, they just fight for their own profit, for their own power, for their own group, for their own so that. And I saw this sculpture in front of the temple. It's like the king who created this. It also the mistake want to show that, look, this is uh, that we we need, and this is also what we don't need it, but they build this culture it's not for that, but for me, I feel this because I saw I reading the history of Cambodia, they always have the problem with the power, the way they use the power, the wrong way they use the power that's why the impact to their people impact to their country, they lost the land, they lost this they lost that they lost it, and also they finally at the end. They love their confidence. The big mistake that they create the war and they create the political men, create their strategy or their political statement until Cameroon because the Cameroon not only killing people, not only killing interior they killing deeply in the thinking of the people, Khmeri people, is the confidence. Khmeri people, after just after the war, when you speak, king, they're not confident, they're not trust between them. It's a big problem. The big problem to rebuild a whole nation. But now it's less, 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 less. They're less, less. I mean, uh, more positive, positive. Example, uh, during in 1993, because when I created Fafn uh, Lusselpa with, uh, with my friend, when we have problem, we discuss between us never end, never find easy solution. But one expert come and speak and all we accept it. I said, why? Why we cannot be honest with uh, with ourselves? We cannot be honest with our nation. This is a big problem. So this culture, this installation is to show that the confidence, the trust, is not about the power from fighting. It is the power could be from listening, and speaking. <laughs>
0: I spoke with Malene about her dreams for the future. I'd like to ask you the same question. You're an established artist. You founded an art school, the Blue Art Center. You have an art residency as well. What else do you have on your wish list?
1: When I was small, my father asked me, what do do, do you want to be? And I said that I want to be a lawyer. And that I cannot realize it. Because law and art is completely different, So I just confuse. <laughs> I just confusing. <laughs> After I discover art, I think art, art living in the free cycle, and law living inside the cycle It' different. I can say art living outside the cycle, and law living inside the cycle. So I prefer to living inside the cycle. Because law, it's right thing, something, and you need to do something and go back to reference. And yeah, the law mentioned like this, law mentioned like this. And yeah, you you do this, it's not law, you cannot allow it. But in art, I keep experiment the thing. I never create an art school. I experiment to create an art school. I never to now I experiment something else. I experiment like a wish to build a museum because I don't have a contemporary art museum in Cambodia. And I need to start with my uh, collection, my white collection, my history, my private collection from the other artists. So why not?
0: Malin and yourself mentioned this, that you wish to develop a contemporary museum specifically for Cambodian art. What more can you say about this?
1: I think possible. We have free land, a piece of free land here. I have my team, talented, just sit down and draw it. And then one day I, maybe I make a mock-up and one day I will make real.
0: <laughs> so, right, you make it sound so easy, but I know how difficult it is to start these initiatives.
1: <laughs> no, I don't want, I not want to tell you that it sounds so easy. It is the way I believe. I just believe it's possible. If you start, I start to thinking, imagining something, and on along the way I said, oh, not possible. It will be impossible. Uh, when I think it's impossible, it will be impossible. So I cannot decorate myself. I just keep believing it. Uh, when you listen, it's like easy. It's the way I think. The way I think. I need to keep like this to maintain my energy and my team energy. I, I told them, look, Few months ago, we just write the word and fix our word on our door, and we write it. we need to activate our school. That time, our school not yet finished, and few months ago, we activate our school. We just keep it in mind. We just keep it in uh, like yes, why not, you know? And then uh, when we meet the problem, we have solution. Need to find solution. It is a human being. I maybe I have a problem of money, I have problem with it. I, I don't know, but I need to find solution in the problem. When we believe at all the problem, we will have solution. So why not? I don't use it. If I sit down and sing with my staff, sure I will find solution. If you are not believe that a problem don't have solution, we'll never have solution. Because you're not seeing that they have a solution for that. That's it. I'm not just so you are, I'm a oh, God, I will do this easily. No, it's the way I think, the way I believe, the way I maintain my dream. you know what Malin promised? I promised, she had gotten. she had two kids, and now we have a big we via imagination. We start from zero. After my study in Europe, I have $50 and rebuild my new life. In 13 years, thirteen years come back, I build Blue Art Center, I build three houses, I buy the land. So where it's come from? It comes from the thinking, come from what I believe. My honesty, my job, my courage, my energy, my sacrifice time. That's it. It's not when I told you this, I'm sitting on the chair. When I told you this because my brain is working in permanent. Even I sleeping, I wake up all the time, permanent, find a way, find a solution, how to link it, how to connect, how to make it happen. So I just what I tell you just a shortcut. You know, example, I have white paper, oh I want to draw a cow. So I draw a cow and then I want to make a sculpture of the cow. I just need a clay and I make a sculpture. So you see the sculpt from sculpture? to the imagination imagination invisible and then when you make a cow it become 2d visible on drawing when you make use the clay to make cow it become four dimension it's close to reality you just make a thousand of cow of clay cow and you sell it you will buy a real cow right what's problem
0: We've come to the end of this podcast and I'm going to ask you the final question of today. So if you were to have your last supper or last meal, besides your family, who would you invite and what would you like to talk about at your final dinner?
1: I will invite my teacher, Veronique, my art teacher and my old friend from the camp. And we will speak about our past and we will look at our prison, and I will ask him what they're thinking about the future.
0: Many thanks Sareth for your time today and sharing your amazing experience and stories with me. I wish you, Emmeline, all the best with the Blue Art Center and your art museum. And I really hope to see you both when I'm back in Cambodia.
1: Thank you so much, yeah. Thank you, Oscar.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Last Supper with artist Sway Saret. If you like this show about art in Asia, you can support us by giving this episode a star rating and subscribing to this podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or wish to participate in this podcast, you can contact me on oscar at thelastsopper.asia. You can visit my website www.thelastsopper.asia as well, or contact me direct on Instagram at thelastsopper.asia.